0: Great day, amazing humans. Yes! Welcome to Empowered In My Skin, the podcast. We feature guests of varying backgrounds and lived experiences to share their empowering stories, knowledge, and insights. Our goal is for you, the listener, to fill your mind with empowering content to further empower your human I'm your host, Inkeaching Waffle Robinson, and founder and CEO of Empowered in My Skin, Inc. I'm an award-winning technology executive, having been awarded Most Powerful Women in Canada, Top 100 Great by day, the Women's Executive humans. Network, WXS yes! in 2020. Guest but that's of not all. In My I'm a proud Podcast. author, an international federation of bodybuilding, pro-athlete, an inspirational expert, speaker, and viral author, sensation with speeches that have two, been viewed over 10 million times, mental times worldwide. She spent her career on Wall I Street trust and Bay Street that and sat on the number empowered. of boards and both Canada and the US. Share the podcast and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Carrie's Place Autism Services, the largest autism service provider in Canada. You know we got something very special here today. Her brutally honest (laughs) memoir, Hold on Tight, A Parent's Journey Raising Children with Mental Illness, describes her emotional roller coaster story parenting two children with multiple mental health disorders. Her mission is to inspire parents to persevere, as well as to better educate their families, friends, healthcare professionals, educators, and employers. I trust that you are now so excited, as I am, to learn more about our guests. So please join me in a big, gigantic podcast welcome for Jan Stewart! <laughs> <laughs> and
1: welcome back. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow, well, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. So... Really excited to get into this topic, but before we do, I just, you know, open it up with a very simple question. You know, what has been your most empowered thought that you've had today?
1: A great question to catch you first of all, I'm delighted to be here, so thank you for having me. Um, what you, You've actually alluded to it in your introduction to me. To me, the empowering thought is to persevere. Mm. Know that you're not alone, that there's hope, that you can do it. And that, frankly, is why I wrote my book, Hold On Tight. You know, Mm -hmm. through all my mental health advocacy and governance work, through all my speeches across North America, a number of parents, starting years ago, and it's just escalated, have reached out to both my husband and me. And these parents are looking for helps. They're desperate. They're struggling. They don't know where to turn or how. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, it's time to pay it forward. So I wrote the book, and on the one hand, I want them to understand the real reality of mm. raising children with mental health disorders. But equally, I want them to celebrate their children's successes and to embrace the key insights that I share in the book with them so that they have more fulfilling lives.
0: Mm. You know, we, I hope, well, I want to get into the stigma a bit. This is actually just because of something mm. that you just said. And it just, um, especially culturally right um what has been or said your work around the stigma like eradicating let's just start there eradicating the stigma right because first of all it's there it's about almost admitting that maybe your kids have mental health disorder and it's not it doesn't make them worse or you know worse off or better off it just it is what it is but there's a lot of stigma and shame so what's been the work that you've done around that
1: Oh, it's been extensive. And not just me, but the entire family, including Andrew and Ainsley, my mm-hmm. children. So what we believe strongly is shouting out about it. Oh. You know, what stigma comes from a lack of understanding, mm-hmm. as do does fear and misunderstandings. And so if you don't talk about the elephant in the room, you can't address it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So both personally as a family and in my governance work and advocacy work, always address it. So first of all, it's addressed on an individual level where you talk openly about the mental health and developmental disorders. Mm. You talk about what they mean, but that the individual's disabilities are not their only identity, that there are a lot of strengths and they're as capable as anyone else. And as I think Audrey Hepburn says, you know, in the word Impossible is I'm possible, mm. just as in the word <laughs> disability is ability. Disability.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: we focus on that. Yes, you need support and accommodations, in many cases, like my kids, but that you move that forward. Mm. But There's so much that we can do as a society and at the government level that addresses stigma, and that's what my governance and advocacy work addresses. So in society, for example, we need far more connectivity. Social connections really battle feelings of isolation and loneliness and make people feel worthwhile and have mm-hmm. a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need far more mental health and healthcare professionals, not only in mental health, but across the board. And that's not only to shorten wait times, which are horrendous in mental health, Uh, but to facilitate access to services and to deepen the pool that we greatly need. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need schools to have better resources for earlier intervention. Uh, These are just a few. And we need employers to shoulder more responsibility to hire and retain Mm -hmm. individuals with mental health disorders so that they really embrace inclusive workplaces in all senses. Governments, they obviously have to continue to expand anti-discrimination, anti-bullying policies. Uh, they have to, uh, the poverty level of individuals with mental health disorders is far above that of the general population. And so there's a need for enhanced economic supports. As we all know, more affordable housing and mm-hmm. child care. Those are the kind of things we really have to shout out about and keep persevering there's that message again
0: yeah you know it's I, I, the other one i would also say is just it's like community empathy right mm-hmm. like just we just empathize we just never know because it's such an invisible disability right we just never know what somebody's going through and i and um yeah when when you were going through you know some of these needs i'm thinking yeah some of it is just so basically Something that each and every one of us can do, right? Just community empathy.
1: Oh, without a doubt. And again, I think my kids happen, they are very active as well Mm -hmm. in advocacy activities. Uh, My son, Andrew, works at Rogers Communications. And I know
0: Andrew. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: He he loves you too. He knows you. And he's very active in their inclusion and diversity activities. Mm -hmm. And it has become a great representative both throughout the company. And externally for them. Yeah. My daughter is very active in the Tourette Syndrome Canada support group and raises funds for autism every year. Mm-hmm. My husband is on several boards mm-hmm. and co leads that uh, Tourette Canada support mm-hmm. group. So there are all kinds of activities that you can do and just keep the profile up.
0: And those are such and simple again, examples, too. When,
1: yeah. And when people don't understand, I'll often, or are fearful, I'll often say to them, do you know anyone with diabetes or epilepsy? Well, yes. Well, are you afraid of them? Well, no, they just have an an illness. I said mental illness is the same thing. It's just a difference in the brain functioning. Mm. And once you look at it that way, it's just in a different part of the body. Yeah. It destigmatizes it and it demystifies it.
0: Yeah. Wow. So you have an IG post quote that says our greatest weakness lies in giving up Mm -hmm. the most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time thomas a edison what motivates you on your mission to inspire parents to persevere
1: when i look back at the time and let me give you some background Mm -hmm. if if i may this gives you Um, Mm -hmm. Both my husband and I grew up in warm, loving families. We really never had had true adversity in our lives before. We were very fortunate. Mm -hmm. And the kids came along. And they're grown now. But almost from the beginning, we both said, something's not right. Mm -hmm. Andrew's hands and feet move constantly in circles. Like other babies, he never talked or played in his crib, talked to himself, gurgled, chatted. And he had no self-control when it came to feeding. We actually did an experiment when he was six months old. You know how doctors and your families and friends all say, just feed the baby till they're full. They'll stop. Okay. He never stopped. We actually fed him five full bottles. And he would have kept going without getting sick. And the next day, we gave him one bottle. And he was equally happy. So we said, there's no self-control here. Mm -hmm. But every time I raised a concern with the pediatrician, he said to me, Jen, calm down. Your children are just fine. You need to stop being an overly vigilant triple type A mother. And you know, you don't know any better. First time parent. And so you trust your doctor. And it took years and we saw increasing concerns with both children, impulsivity, distractibility, tics, anxiety. Neither child could hold a pencil or a crayon. Andrew couldn't maintain eye contact and had terrible problems with change. Ainsley had paralyzing anxiety. She was Her behavior was out of control. She was constantly sent to the principal's office. And she couldn't read her friend's social cues. So there were a lot of problems, and we were very fortunate, oddly, and I'll return to that in a minute, when Andrew turned nine, that his Tourette syndrome and obsessive compulsive disorder burst forward Mm. out of the blue. For no reason, one morning, he woke up and started screaming for two hours straight. It was terrifying, Mm -hmm. kicking, lashing out, punching holes in walls. We later found out these rages were commonly associated with Tourette's syndrome, but we didn't know at the time. And this was followed within a month by nonstop compulsive rituals. Mm-hmm. He would gnaw on doors. He would sweep the floor repeatedly, all because his brain told him that if he didn't, his sister would be kidnapped, or he would fall through a drain pipe was one of his most common fears. Mm-hmm. And these escalated. He rubbed his head against car mirrors. He licked the filthy subway floor, he put knives in his mouth. And he knew, what's so strange about his OCD is he knew these rituals made no sense, mm. but his brain overrode reason and quote, forced him to do it. And the saddest part about OCD is that the rituals only temporarily relieved those terrible disturbing thoughts, causing the individual to have to constantly re-engage in the rituals and repeat them. Mm. So when I said we were oddly fortunate, we were oddly fortunate because he was so quickly diagnosed because his symptomology was so severe. Okay, There are so many families that face years of misdiagnoses and wrong medications, wrong treatments, just because it's less severe. And there's so much crossover between these disorders and conditions. It just happens. And then when Ainsley came along and her out-of-control behavior and it was equally clear, and we started on this journey, medications Therapy, finding the right doctors, psychologists, schools, and later as they've grown, employers, and so it goes. And so that's been the journey. Mm. And when I started out through this, I didn't know any other parent who had experienced this. That's what started getting me involved earlier, early on in advocacy. The first Mm -hmm. advocacy work I did was with Andrew, psychiatrist at Sick Kids Hospital in downtown Toronto. Mm where we co-founded the parent support group on OCD. And for the first time, I got to meet other parents going through this. And we formed such a community of love and support. And that's escalated through the years. So I said a year and a half ago, I'm going to write a book. It's time to pay it forward because you can either embrace life or be defeated by it. Mm -hmm. Embrace it and use that grit, determination, a will to succeed as every single person in my family has.
0: Wow, that's, um, wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. One of my questions that I had actually wanted to ask you even before that was around the realities of raising a child with mental illness. But I mean, the way that you just took us through that journey, really talks about this. So my, my, my follow on question then would be is, you know, in what ways does this reality change how you've navigated like life and your relationships?
1: Uh, It's a great question. And let me back up and just give you two quick examples about the reality and then remind me about that question. Okay, Okay, I will. About Mm -hmm. family and friends and Mm -hmm. navigating life. When Andrew was going through those terrible rages and OCD rituals, at one point he said to us, I think I'm going crazy and I just want to die. Mm -hmm. And when Ainsley was being sent to the principal's office every day, She left me a note on my bed one afternoon that said, Mom, I know I'm a bad kid, but I can't control my out-of-control behavior because of everything that's happening at home. So you can imagine how we felt. How did we navigate it? Well, for a while, I felt I was in the twilight zone. And you reach out and you're frozen for a while. But again, as I said, you pick yourself up. And the first thing I did and continue to espouse is the power of research. Mm -hmm. You must engage in research. We all know that it'll help find the right resources, make you a more effective advocate. Uh, In my case, as part of the research, I read every book I could. I, um Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto said to us, we can help your kids to a point, but they have so many co-occurring disorders. It's better for you to, if you can, to find someone in the States because they see 10 times as many kids because of the population is so mm-hmm. much bigger. And so I made 20 calls or so to psychiatrists. I wanted, because we're in Toronto, I made them east of the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And I kept hearing the name Dr. Joseph Biederman at Mass General Hospital, and he became our angel from a psychiatric point of view. So we did the same thing and kept doing that research for psychologists and schools too, Mm -hmm. because you want to find schools that partner with you. And as you go through this journey, you learn to navigate differently. Mm -hmm. You learn, for example, I talked before about a lack of education causing misunderstandings, fear and stigma, that families and friends are not immune Both my husbands and my families were tremendously supportive and understanding, but my mother, who was the closest to me in the world and the most understanding, actually turned to me one day and said, Jen, you just need to be a stricter parent and Ainsley's out-of-control behavior will go away. I don't think so, Mom. And many parents have told me through the years that their families are too busy, don't want to get involved in the complex challenges, um, are scared yeah. and have terrible erroneous impressions. You know, They might believe the child is contagious. I've heard that one. I mean, how would you feel if one of your relatives said that to you? Yeah. Yeah. And friends, some of them will distance themselves as well. And it's very upsetting and sad. I've had it happen a number of times. And of course, in my case, and in many cases that are similar, it's compounded by the fact that I was so consumed with the kids' care Mm -hmm. that I didn't have time to invest in the friendships. So the answer to those are with family. You can't get rid of your family, but you can learn to limit your engagement with certain family members that, for example, believe they have all the answers. Or when you're stuck in a corner at a family party talking to someone, you can learn to change the topic Leave the room as fast as you can, you know, and being being polite, obviously. Mm. There are all kinds of strategies that mm. way. With friends, I think you have to be a little more radical, so to speak, and shed the friends who really are not supportive. Mm. Parents in crisis and with these challenges, and this is true, not just of mental health disorders, but of all crises, don't have the emotional cushion and the reserves to devote to anyone who really isn't there for them as a true friend. Yeah, that's powerful. What has saved the day for many of us our other parents with special needs kids mm-hmm. they've been wonderful and we've formed this community and that's why support groups to this day are so reaffirming for our family their peer support groups their fa- parent support groups are all kinds of support groups and we help one another we embrace one another and we joke about all kinds of things that other families would not find funny you know Andrew's <laughs> gnawing on the doors i talked about or Ainsley's really shouting out and swearing at teachers that she didn't find supportive. You know, which I remember the son of one of my friends who had severe ADD. Parents came home one afternoon and found him hanging out the third floor bedroom window. I mean, those are the kind of things that are most scary, people. but I guess
0: once you're through it you're saying that you can actually look back and that's find it. so yeah.
1: Exactly, right. So that's how you navigate that. Wow. That's with family and friends. You also have to navigate with your spouse, your partner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes you need distance from one another because you can get lost in the morass of the children's struggles. But you need to be supportive and lean on each other. Mm -hmm. It's very hard for all of us, again, mental health disorder or not when we're in crisis, to lash out at the person who's closest to us. Mm -hmm. And I've heard parents, one of them, blame, accuse, undermine each other. Medications, huge area of disagreement. Mm. My child doesn't need medications. I don't believe in medications. My child's going to become a zombie. He's going to be stigmatized and different, and I don't want him singled out. I've heard parents call them special vitamins. You know, there are all kinds of things. But the key is to act together harmoniously as you can in the children's best interests. Of course it takes compromise, mm-hmm. but children have antennae. And they know when their parents aren't on the same page. And you don't want to heighten their stress or yours anymore.
0: Wow, you you're you fully pulled me into this experience. Like I'm oh, just I can, well, I can This listen. is my passion. I can <laughs> I can continue taking on some of this, uh, some of this awareness and insight that you're sharing. So I can only imagine how, and I know you speak about it, about expectations, right? And how this has had you probably several times probably throughout your journey reevaluate expectations and so one of the things you talked about is setting unrealistic expectations and maybe if you could talk about that because i think we do it so often as humans and don't realize how how much our our lives our decisions are based on unrealistic expectations and how they disempower us so you know what's your you know sort of what's the call to action on that to you know that you can share with our listeners
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's it's a great question nikeshi i mean these disorders Don't just affect the child. They affect every family member's life. And there's going to be fear, anger, and resentment. Uh, I remember many times, and still occasionally it happens, where I just want to crawl into a hole and disappear. I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. But I've gone to church and prayed, why me? Why us? But as I said, I pick myself up. And the key is to accepting the fact that your life is not going to be as hoped for or as planned for. You must do that in order to move forward. You know, as I describe in Hold on Tight, David and I started our journeys as young parents, just as I'm sure as you and everyone else does, with hopes and dreams of wonderfully happy, successful children. But our reality wasn't that. We were terrified of Andrew's rages and rituals. I was so drained by Ainsley's constant calls from the principal's office, for my, from her anxiety. We had to stop having a social life with anyone for a number of years because we never knew what was going to happen. And as I said, relationships with family and friends often have to change, but it's those other parents. So acceptance and then realizing that your life may be different, but it's not any less Mm. it's not inferior it's as fulfilling in fact in many ways for me as you see it's given me a raison d'etre and a passion and I'm thankful for that
0: wow wow that's amazing I think we all need to go and get your book and I know I think I saw that that you have a workbook that's coming out soon yes yeah Yeah, so
1: my book my book is not going to be out until March 8th but it's already up for pre-order oh, yeah. for pre orders So we you will, sh- we'll share the link in, in the that's And is great. the workbook also available for pre-order? Not yet. Not I'm yet. working okay. on the workbook now. Okay. So that'll okay. probably come out in about six, nine months. And that's
0: smart. That's actually for a book like this. I think that that's very helpful.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's, and by the way, I have several different workbooks. One will be for families and parents. One will be for schools and educators and one will be for corporations wow. and organizations. Wow.
0: So I want to take you through some rapid thrivers that we have and we get as a chance to oh. learn more about you. So when you think of someone who inspires you, who comes first to mind?
1: Mm-hmm. Easy, my children. Yeah. So as I've described, Nihachi, they've had really heartbreaking adversity at times and they know that their cycles up and down are going to continue throughout their lives. But I look at them with such pride today. You know, Andrew has this wonderful job at Rogers he gets himself to and from work every day and he's a charmer and it's infectious. One at his first job, he was a cashier at a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And one day I snuck in to see how he was doing. And I was amazed. He had five customers waiting on his line and three other cashiers were sitting empty, <laughs> And I heard staff trying to redirect them like, to nine the empty caches. And They all said, no, we're (laughs) going to stay on Andrew's line. And why did they do that? Because he engaged with them. He knew their children's Mm. names. He showed him interest. Mm -hmm. So that's Andrew. And Ainsley is such a valued child and youth counselor working today with young autistic children. And I know that it's her own lived experiences and her deep knowledge of her brother that have made her such a valued resource. Mm. Really, it's that same message that I keep saying is a broken record. It's their perseverance, grit, and determination that really have been breathtaking.
0: I love it. And I I just have to ask this question, right? they must they must marvel at themselves when they think about where where they've come from and their journey.
1: I think they do and they don't. Mm. Um we're all too hard in my family we're all too hard on ourselves. Oh, okay. So I know Andrew is very proud of how far he's come and he really has. I mean mm. he's not a he, he still has to control his OCD and his other disorders, but th- he's not a slave anymore to them. Mm. Mm. Ainsley is Ainsley is much, much harder on herself. She will sometimes, because she faces as an adult today, severe anxiety and what's called executive functioning problems. So organization, being able to complete tasks, that, some of which are very important. And she'll sometimes still say to me, I feel like a failure. But in her good moments, she knows how far she's come. Yeah.
0: I've been actually wondering about this next question as you've been Mm -hmm. going through this, just even just talking about Jan, the person, the human, how you've actually, you know, day in, day out, um, persevere. So what's a daily activity that helps you with your thrive?
1: Oh, for me, it's exercise Okay. (laughs) now. And it helps me both mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the gym four times a week stretching weights and treadmill and the treadmill to me is really critical to help me think through my problems and give me perspective i can regain that perspective i'd
0: love to see it at the gym
1: <laughs> oh i do too and i love the music that i listen to i um I also take Aquafit three times a week. And I love the water because it's low impact, but it's hard exercise. And for fun, I do line dancing once a week. Oh, wow. Look at you,
0: (laughs) real active. Wow, that's awesome. I love that. So, what's a book other than your own that has helped you with your thrive?
1: Well, actually, it may not have helped me. Well, yes, I guess it has. I was just last week cleaning out our bookshelves, Mm -hmm. and I came across a book I had had to read in high school. And I sat down with it and read it again. It's Ernest Hemingway's The Old Man in the Sea. Oh, I don't know. And if you if you remember the story, it's a beautiful story about an old fisherman named Santiago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, Cuba is where it's said. And he hadn't caught a fish in something like 84 days. Mm-hmm. But he struggled against a giant marlin for three days and nights, and one only to have the marlin attacked and eaten by sharks reminds me it's such a good story about the ability of the human mm-hmm. spirit to endure mm-hmm. and overcome hardship and adversity
0: mm-hmm. wow that's a good book an app what's an app that helps you to thrive
1: oh boy there are several if i may okay yeah
0: give us some <laughs> so,
1: um i am hyper organized okay that's how i'm wired <laughs> so outlook calendar is very important okay. i live and die with my calendar mm-hmm. um Instagram, I'm on Instagram and Facebook every day, but Instagram, particularly I post about mental health every day. And that really helps me and I connect with a lot of other uh, professionals and lay people like me going through this, Uh, but for fun and for relaxation and again to help me get away from the stresses at home. I do a lot of genealogy. I'm on ancestry a lot. Mm. And I and it really is fascinating to find the puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. And those puzzle pieces carry through to my other fun activity and passion, which is jigsaw puzzles. I do them online. <laughs> do you know that I'm a jigsaw girl? No. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I just finished a thousand piece
0: one, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go.
1: And it really, you do have to focus yeah. on things. So it, it helps me. Again, gives me some breathing
0: room. Yeah, I love that. I I like anyone that's a jigsaw. I'm a jigsaw geek. I love to. I do. I don't do them. I tried doing it online, like using an app, a game. But I. But something about having it laid out on the table, and you know, um, and so what's one misconception that people have of you, Jan, is they think about you know all you've gone through, and yet you're still here, able to be an advocate, and you know, raise your kids, and thrive, and Mm -hmm. you know, what's the what's what's what might that be?
1: I think a lot of people have the misconception that I handle everything and all that's been thrown at me in life with ease. I hear this all the time. If they only knew the number of times, as I said earlier, that I want to crawl into a hole, that I've said, why me, why us? But I am wired. I am driven to pick myself up and get going. Um, They're not wrong that I won't give up. Mm -hmm. But that really is the misconception. Life doesn't come easily. You can't have it all.
0: Mm. Woo! That's a quote.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's right to the end
0: of the episode and she drops the quote. I love that one. (laughs) I love that one. Thank you. So where do we find, you mentioned Instagram, but I'm going to ask you, you know, just officially, like, where do we find you online and uh, where can we follow Mm -hmm. and learn more about you?
1: Well, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So I have a website. Uh, Mm www.janstewartauthor.com. And by the way, for your listeners who want more information about those insights we were talking about and tips, I have a newsletter coming out and they can sign up on the website through there. As I mentioned, I post every day on both Instagram and Facebook about mental health. That's Jan Stewart, author. Please follow me. I'd enjoy that. And uh, the book, March 8th, Hold on Tight to Parents' Journey with Mental Illness.
0: I love them. We'll share all of the links in the show notes. And as a parting question, this (laughs) podcast (laughs) is called Empowered in My Skin and would love to know what that means to you.
1: Thanks, Nikeshi. To me, it means taking as much control of your life as possible so that you become the captain and steer the ship as much as you can, rather than have it steer you. It means persevering through the most difficult of times, having hope. And
0: holding on tight. Uh, ah, love <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. I love it. Jen, this has been really enjoyable and knowledgeable and insightful um, podcast. And I thank you. I thank you for how you showed up today. I thank you for how you showed up for the listeners. And i um, so happy to know we're connected through Andrew. That's pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, just deep love for you.
1: Well, it's a mutual admiration society. I feel the same
0: way. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you for having me on. It's been great. And uh, you stay tuned because I think we, I think I have an idea for you to come back actually. I'd love to. Anytime. (laughs) And for everyone that's listening, unfortunately, this is where I have to say we're out. (laughs) Bye-bye. So there you have it. I hope you are thriving and feeling empowered and thoroughly enjoyed this episode. And remember, whatever platform you're listening to this on, please subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast with someone else that you think can benefit from the tips that were delivered. As Tom Bilyeu says, when we help others think in a way that is empowering, that is the lead domino to create real change in this world. It's been awesome sharing energy with you. It's your girl, and I'm out.